The following is a presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for high school sports. This is Scoreboard Saturday on News Radio KMAN. Good Saturday morning to you. AJ Shaw with you, your host of Scoreboard Saturday on this first Saturday in February 2024. Tell you those Kansas City Chiefs, they are they're back. And uh, they're not messing around. The Chiefs, of course, beating Baltimore 17 to 10 in the AFC Championship game, as heard here on News Radio KMAN last Sunday. And then later, the San Francisco 49ers uh, coming back from a halftime deficit against the Detroit Lions to win 34 31. So we have a rematch of the 45th or the 54th Super Bowl that was down in Miami a few years ago. Now, the unfortunate reality is, is that after that Super Bowl, we had a, a, a worldwide pandemic that shut everything down. And yeah, I don't really want to get into further with that. You guys know what happened. So let's hope that this time around, uh, we don't have that case. So that means we need San Francisco. I'm kidding. I'm kidding about San Francisco winning. But Chiefs and 49ers are your Super Bowl. Not that surprised. I know a lot of people were picking that. I mean, I know Peter Schrager. Uh, from uh, Good Morning Football had made that prediction first game of the year. Although there were some people saying, you know, oh, well, Chiefs-Lions would be a great Super Bowl, and that was the first game of the season, if we recall. But we talk high school basketball on this show. Welcome in, of course, to Scoreboard Saturday here on News Radio KMAN, brought to you by the great folks at WTC Communications. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network, internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game online at WTCKS.com. Got a lot to get into this week. Uh, in our third segment, we'll sit down with Rock Creek boys coach Justin Smith, his team with another win last night as they picked up a victory on the road at Riley County. And Rock Creek now 13-1 and for the season and currently with a big lead in the Mid-East League. We'll also dive into the standings, the new KBCA rankings. But first, got to start off with those Manhattan Indians the Tribe last night going on the road to Topeka Hayden. The boys coming away with a massive victory. Uh, Tony Ingram, the uh, assistant coach, one of the top assistant coaches to Benji George, filling in last night. And his team was able to come away with a big win. Ian McNabb, a huge ball game, a career-high 18 points. And uh, Mitch Fortner had an opportunity to sit down with Coach Ingram after the game. In post game with Tony Ingram, Manhattan assistant coach, but he gets the head coaching duties tonight. Coach, what a performance by your by your by your team tonight. Let's let's first start with the things that you don't find on the depth charts: the guts, the grit, the fight. You're down double digits in the second quarter. Get within two. From there on, your team takes over. Great performance. Well, thank you, Mitch. I'm uh, very proud of the boys. You know, like you said, that that fight, that grit. Those are things that we were talking to them the whole time about. Uh, defensively, uh, you've got to come and stay in front. Don't gamble. Those are things that we're getting into the line, getting them to spray the ball and share it. So with that, you know, I'm proud of the boys. And uh, second-half adjustments 
first half adjustments, they come out on fire, knock down some shots. So the boys kind of were coached and or changed things uh, along the way. Well, let's talk about those adjustments. Like what, what was a key adjustment or two that you made that led to things changing? Yeah, the coaches were uh, in my ear quite a bit about staying one. We were making and missing a little bit with zone and, and man. Uh, and we did that. But when we did that, our guards were still gambling a little bit. Uh, they were still getting into the paint and get paint touches and or getting past our first level defense and sharing the ball. And that, that really hurt us. Uh, so at halftime, we talked about keeping the chest in front. Don't go for the gamble. You might get two steals in six games, right, uh, on ball defense. So those were things and adjustments we made. The last thing we talked about was rebounding the ball. We could get up there around the rim, uh, and there were some really uh, what we call wild rebounds there late in the game. Let's let's call it a couple of players here. I mean, Ian McNabb, I mean, nobody was better tonight getting to the rim, fighting for position, and getting those layups that Ian McNabb, I don't know if you've seen the final numbers, but he finishes with 18 points tonight. What did you think about Ian tonight? You know, uh, Ian's ability to get to the rim, uh, take some contact, and finish. Uh, yeah, no doubt his back's probably a little a little hurt because we rode him uh, and uh, his success. Um, he's a competitor, uh, and sometimes that competitiveness goes goes astray. But man, you, you know that competitiveness. I'll take that. I'll take that every day, and we'll take that every day as far as uh, going and, and, and playing defense, but getting to the rim and being able to finish. Yeah, that third quarter. Were you just wanting to get out of that third quarter because of the fouls? They rolled sure. up early. Get, you know, Hayden gets to the uh, gets to the bonus, and I mean, Padilla couldn't miss. Yeah, the clock couldn't run enough. Um, and yeah, we talked about that. Uh, the other adjustment we made was going under some of his ball screens. Um, you know, he had a, a great game. I mean, granted, he got to the free throw line, but at the same time, we could not stay with him. Uh, and he's a lefty, and we talked about those type of things. Um, you know, there was possession there late in the fourth quarter where they had a couple open looks and they were front of the rim. So I think some of the defensive pressure that we had uh, and lack of depth on their on their side played in our favor somewhat. But but uh, I'm so proud of the boys, uh, especially in the position we were there in that first quarter and, and second quarter. Um, there's some resiliency there. We talked about it's hard to win, you know, in the Centennial League. There's not an easy game, especially on the road. Uh, and, and so they so they showed some toughness, and that was what I told them when we got in the locker room. It just we were just tougher longer. Let's talk about you. What what was this like for you tonight to step into the captain's chair and then uh, you know drop the X's and O's? You know and- what, Coach George has been so kind to me uh, for letting me be a part of his program. Um, he allows me the opportunity to watch my daughters, which is extremely important to me. And, uh, you know, uh, he's one of those that he gives his coaches an opportunity to coach within the program. Um, and he, he, he listens to us. And, uh, you know, and he's developed a great program that, that it, it has been consistent. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm just proud and, and, and proud to be a part of his coaching staff. Um, and so uh, the opportunity, that's what I'm there for. That's what the assistant coach is there for if, if something like this comes along. And I'm just happy that we uh, got a win, you know. And I told the, one of the last thing is I told the boys is that I would rather come and get the W like that rather than coming in and, and winning by 20 or 25 or whatever the case may be. So proud of the boys. And uh, that hopefully that will spring us, springboard us into uh, Monday night versus Washburn. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, Coach George handing the keys over to you. You guys have been working so long together that, I mean, that was probably the easiest part of missing the game. I mean, Coach doesn't want to miss a game, but if he knows you're in charge, I'm sure he thought things will be A-OK. You've known these boys for such a long time. I mean, these boys have been playing together for probably since they were kids. I don't know how long you've been working with them, but, I mean, 
what a great group of kids to work with and get your first opportunity like this with. Yeah, I was fortunate to be a part of the, the JV program last year and the, and the head of it, and Coach S does a great job at that JV level this year, and, and, and Coach Kibasov, he he's doing wonders at the, at the freshman level. So we have a great coaching staff. We get together. We know uh, we get along, and we know that we can share ideas with Benji, and he listens to us, and, and that's, 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 you know, when you feel belonging part of that, you're going to buy in. Well, now I get to make a little uh, space on my chart here that says Tony Ingram 1-0. and <laughs> You know what, Mitch? I will take it. I will take it. That's a great win for us. And uh, we look forward to getting back on the court tomorrow morning and, and get a little bit better and, and start to prepare for Washburn. Coach, that comeback was a lot of fun to watch. The energy your team had in that second half, I was feeding off it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Congratulations on the win. I appreciate it, Mitch. Assistant Coach Tony Ingram here in postgame. Mitch Fortner with... Interim head coach Tony Ingram, who is now one and zero as Manhattan boys basketball coach, and uh, Benji George wrote this on X Twitter, whatever you want to call it, after the game. Man, that was stressful watching our guys compete and not being able to be out there. Big shout out to Coach Ingram, uh, Taylor Saberwaith, or sorry, Saber, yeah, Saberwaith, and uh, Coach Kabisov. Proud of our guys for bouncing back after a slow start to get the sixty-eight fifty-six win. Hashtag Rise Together. So the tribe are now 9-5, and 3-1 and one in league play. Big week next week for them. That includes uh, back-to-back home games against Washburn Rural. That's a make-up game uh, from last month on Monday. And then uh, their regularly scheduled contest against Topeka High on Tuesday. And then they got to hit the road on Friday. We've been talking about this game, I know, a lot over the last couple of weeks. Next Friday, they got to go on the road, 30 minutes down the road from here to Junction City uh, for a game against a top-10 opponent in 6A in the state of Kansas. So, busy week ahead of them, but the good news for Benji George, Tony Ingram's cl- squad, three of their last five games are going to be, or I'm sorry, four of their last six games are going to be at home to wrap up the season. So, you'll definitely take that. Uh, they were on a bit of a lull right there. They had lost three in a row. Uh, that included tough losses in overtime to Blue Valley Stillwell and a seven-point loss to Emporia where they blew a late lead. Uh, but a comeback from an, a, a double-digit deficit against a Hayden team that, well, not great record-wise, uh, really has played well at home this year. Last night was pretty darn good for them. Uh, again, Ian McNabb with the 18 points. That's a career high. And, uh, again, Washburn Rural on Monday, Topeka High Tuesday, Junction City on Friday. So three games in five days. Not going to be easy. You're facing three teams, Topeka High, not playing great, but they're always tough. Uh, the Centennial League is definitely a gauntlet. So, we have to take our first break. But when we come back, we'll dive into Manhattan girls who are on the road against the number two team in the state of Kansas in their portion of the class and their effort as they tried to go for the near upset. We'll sit down with Manhattan girls coach Scott Mall when we come back on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. Back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. AJ Shaw with you. Of course, in our first segment, we discussed the big victory on the road down in Topeka, or I shouldn't say down in Topeka, a couple hours down the road in Topeka when the Wildcats were able to pick up the victory against Topeka Hayden. A 68 56 win for the Tribe last night, so they're now 9 5. 
But now we'll dive into Manhattan girls who had the earlier game, and they were going up against a Topeka Hayden team on the girls portion of the bracket. That's number two in 3A. They just sit behind an unbeaten Silver Lake team that is 15-0. And speaking of Silver Lake, they uh, dominated St. Mary's last night, 64-34, a 30-point win. So you're going into a place where you're facing the number two team. You've been struggling of late. You, uh, going back to the 18th of January, you've lost six of uh, five of six. I just spoiled it. Now six of seven. And they put up a valiant effort at Scott Mall's team. You know, they haven't had a home game since the 5th of January. So, you mean, you're going back a month since the last time they had a home game. And you're going in against the number two team in the country. You've dropped five of six, and you go out, and you have arguably your best performance of the season in a loss. And uh, after the game, Mitch was able to talk with head coach Scott Mall. For the Manhattan girls, their upset bid falls short against the number two team in 3A. Final score as Manhattan falls to Hayden, 57-54. I'm now joined here in postgame by Manhattan girls head coach Scott Mall. Coach, you fall short there a little bit, but i got to ask you about your team's fight in this game. You lead by three at the half. You, you, you had a bigger lead than that, but you never went away as Hayden started making some shots. Your, your team fought the entire way. Yeah, I was so proud of how hard our girls played. We worked so hard on the defensive end. We made plays on the offensive end, just kept ourselves in it. You know, I thought, you know, they hit one. We got a couple of threes early in the second half where we didn't get as close to Myers as we wanted to, and she made us pay. But the two big shots, they hit the two long threes from girls who usually don't hit long threes, and that was a big difference. And then the other thing is I wish we could have done more to draw more fouls and get to the free throw line when, you know, they only had one foul in the second half. If we could have drawn some fouls and got to the free throw line and got them in foul trouble, that might have helped us too. Well, what do you think about your defense? I mean, you, you guys were forcing some bad passes, stripping away the ball from the paint towards, I mean, the opposite baseline. You guys were making a lot of plays all over the floor defensively against a very good Hayden team. Yeah, I thought our girls worked really hard on defense. Uh, like I said, we, we made them make some bad passes. We wanted our girls to really stay in their face all the time when they had the ball to make them make a mistake. And we knew we were outsized inside, but our inside girls really did a good job of working hard to keep the ball out there. Had a lot of nice plays in the first half where we came in and helped when they logged it inside. You know, a lot of times they're playing with six, the three six-foot six girls, and our tallest girl is 5'9 out there against us. So our girls really battled them inside and gave ourselves a chance. Now in that first half, you mentioned fouls earlier, and at one point, uh, really a half, you had five players with two fouls each. Was that tough to navigate the foul situation about who to have on, and are you just hoping to get to halftime with nobody with three fouls? Yeah, we tried to work until you know, we tried to get them in and out. I hate it when they get two fouls. And then they maybe pick up one because they're a little tired or because they're. So we tried to get them out with two and then give them a chance to get back in. They all did a good job. You know, Maxine got two pretty quick. And then, but she came back and played in the second quarter with two fouls and played in the second half, you know, a long time before she picked up that fifth one late when we had to go after the ball. And last question is about just shooting the basketball because, you know, the first two games of the Mid American Classic, it was just. 
you had the shots there, they just weren't falling, and the layups weren't falling. I, I don't have the final numbers, but it just felt tonight was just a better field goal percentage day for your team. Do you, do you feel like that, or were you encouraged about how much the shots were falling? You finished with six threes, and also you made some tough layups. Yeah, I thought our girls hit some. We hit good shots when we had them. There were some times we left a couple out there, but, you know, that's going to happen a little bit. But when we got good looks, the girls put it in the hole. We got, we got. I thought we did a good job on the offensive boards at getting the ball. You know, it's like you know, Maxine and, and Kat seems like are everywhere all the time. Kat saved us a bunch in the first half on when they got a break against our press. It saves us. But I don't know how she picks up so many offensive rebounds at her size. But I thought we did a good job on the boards. You know, I thought we just there were times we let them get set in the lane. You know, they're just so tough because you know they got the three big girls and two of them are good out away from the basket. The other one's big and strong inside and then there they have a couple really good guards a good shooter and, and some good ball handlers and you know they play a tough defense they, they're man to man they're very physical and aggressive then they play that half court trap which makes it hard to get into any offense we tried to make sure we tried just be aggressive against it and i thought the girls did a good job of that uh are, are you ready for now next week three games in five days back to back monday tuesday and then they play friday at junction city yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. But, you know, our girls, you know, I told them after the game, if we play like this, if we play like this in the rest of the games, we have a great chance to be. Because Hayden is, Hayden is as balanced as any team in our league. They're very talented. Like they have one league loss to Emporia. That's it. But, you know, the way we played tonight, if we can play that and then get a couple of breaks, you know, anything we want to have happen can happen. Our girls are just dialed in right now. They're playing really hard, doing what they need to do as a team. Your ball just been short, but a second of an effort tonight. Coach, thank you for your time. All right, thanks, man. That's Manhattan girls head coach Scott Mall. Mitch Fortner, once again, thanks for helping us out last night. He's was down in Topeka for that one. Still, I believe, is down there, but uh, we appreciate his help. But again, the girls really put in a good effort last night and uh, ignore the scoreboard for what it is. That was a great effort, and Scott Mall's team has a lot to be proud of. And just like the guys, they have four of their last six games at home, but three of three games in five days next week. That's going to be tough, even with the two games at home against uh, Washburn Rural and Topeka High on Monday and Tuesday. That's a back-to-back, and those are never ideal. And we saw them earlier this year kind of struggle in a back-to-back when they went to Emporia and Blue Valley Stillwell. But you have to deal with it. It's part of the game, and that's just – that's just what you have to deal with at times. Uh, looking around the rest of the Centennial League, we look at the girls' standings. Of course, uh, Coach Mall mentioned there that uh, they had, the only loss for Topeka Hayden was to an Emporia team that's 12-1 and overall and 4-0 and in conference play. Emporia last night picked up a 21-point, 43-22 victory over Washburn Rural at home. They have another game today on the road down at uh, Junction City, Junction City's struggling right now. They only have one win on the season, 1-13. Uh, they were losers last night to Topeka High in Topeka. Of course, Manhattan sitting in fourth. Half game back overall of Washburn Rural, even though they haven't played the Junior Blues yet. Of course, they'll play them on Monday. Both teams 2-2 two and two in conference play. So uh, that's a game that could be determining third place in the Centennial League on the girls' portion of things. Uh, of course, we mentioned Washburn Rural was a loser last night uh, to Emporia. Pika Hayden, of course, the girls sitting at 13-1. and one. And I mean, if you look at their loss to Emporia, it was a 14-point loss for them. 
It was the first game of the Centennial League schedule for them. They had come out of the non-con and the winter break at 5-0. and And ever since then, they've won eight straight games. Their next game will be on the road at Emporia on Tuesday. So that could be a game that uh, could determine Centennial League standings when it comes uh, to the end of the season. And they got Washburn Rural in Junction City. So they got uh, three consecutive games on the road, but then... They got Topeka High at home to wrap up their home portion of the schedule. They have a makeup game with Eudora on the 22nd of February. So five of their last six games are going to be on the road. That is not ideal uh, for the Topeka Hayden girls. So you got Emporio sitting at the top. Hayden's in second, four and one in conference. Washburn rolling Manhattan at two and two. Topeka High one and four in conference. And Junction City 0 and four. The only winless team in the Centennial League. Now over to the boys' portion. Junction City, pretty comfortable lead in terms of overall wins. Uh, Thirteen and two for the season. Nick Perez's team four and one. They had a dominant win over Topeka High last night. Uh, the final in that one was eighty-three to forty-nine. Thirteen and two now. And you go back to the Olathe South game. They've won four in a row since then, uh, which includes. Uh, three straight victories in conference. Their only loss in conference uh, to Manhattan in that tight 65-64 game back on uh, the 5th of January. Uh, they, of course, lost the game to Orlatha South, the championship game uh, up at Spring Hill in the tournament. Uh, but they got Washburn Rural on Monday and Wash uh, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Washburn Rural on Tuesday and Washburn Rural, despite an overall losing record of six and eight, sitting at three and one in conference play. So. A loss for Junction City on Tuesday could mean the Junior Blues jump into that number one spot. Emporia at nine and five overall, three and two in conference. They hold the tiebreaker over Manhattan as they beat them last week in Emporia. Uh, you have the Tribe, of course, sitting at nine and five. Topeka High five and ten with a one and four conference record, and then Topeka Hayden boys, the opposite of Topeka Hayden girls, struggling four and ten. But that's a much better team on the court than their record shows from what we saw last night. Uh, 0-5 in Centennial League play. Just shows you how tight that conference is. I mean, of the two Brack sides of the of the league, you have one winless team. Junction City's the only losing uh, winless uh, team in conference on the girls' side. Hayden's the only winning, winless team on the boys' side in conference play. Uh, I mean, it's 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 tight. It's tight, and that's not a surprise whatsoever because that's what Centennial League basketball is, and uh, it, 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 that's just how it is, folks. I mean, we know how it's going to be every single year. Diving now over into the NCKL, uh, we don't really have a ton on them this week, but uh, really not much changes. Wamigo uh, girls, pretty big lead, uh, sitting at 4-0 in conference, 13-1. Uh, they remain in the top two in 4A girls this week in the KBCA rankings, just behind Bishop Miege. We'll dive a little bit into KBCA rankings a little bit later on in the program. Uh, but 13-1, and they were able to take down Eudora at home last night, 39-26. to That included uh, a win earlier this week against an Abilene team that still hasn't won a game, uh, 49-33. They have a couple of road games next week. They got to go to Chapman on Tuesday and then back to Abilene on Friday. So two games in ten days with Abilene. Then you got Clay Center at home on the thirteenth. That's a big ball game because Clay Center is a game and a half back in the NCKL standings on the girls' side of the bracket. Seven and seven overall. The Lady Tigers have kind of slipped a little bit, 
after their strong 6-2 and two start, they've only won uh, one of their last six games, which is definitely not ideal. Uh, but they got Republic County. They got Marysville uh, at home. They got, just like Manhattan, four of their last six games at home. Uh, or I'm sorry, they got three of their last six games at home, so it's an even split down the middle. I, I miscounted there. Uh, their final game will be on the road at Abilene on the 22nd. Uh, they got Concordia on the road on the 20th. A lot of these games were originally supposed to end. The season's regular season was supposed to end on the 20th. You get a week before Substate, but with a lot of the postponements that we've had to see, uh, they've had to move a lot of games around. But, I mean, look at some of these losses. They got beat by a great Silver Lake team that's unbeaten uh, on the road. We'll talk a little bit about Silver Lake in the next segment when we sit down uh, and discuss the Mideast League and also talk about Rock Creek boys who are playing fantastic. Uh, they lost a four-point game to southeast of Salina. And even in this stretch where they won, it was a seven-point overtime win last Friday to Smoky Valley for Clay Center. So at that point, they were seven and five. But since then, it's just it hasn't gone well. And it started with that Hillsboro tournament when they got beat by 20 by Hillsboro. Something since then just hasn't clicked. But they've played a lot of tough teams. Southeast of Saline's a good team. Chapman's a solid team. Silver Lake is one of the best teams in the state of Kansas. So Clay Center... Going into that game on the 13th against Wamigo, that could be a big ball game for them. Abilene girls, as I mentioned, 0-14. they got to win one at some point, can't they? they got Concordia on the 6th and Wamigo on the 9th. Uh, Concordia girls playing pretty good. they got a road tilt today with Sacred Heart. Uh, Sacred Heart, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Sacred. Sacred Heart. Uh, they won a narrow one on Tuesday over a TVL team in Clifton Clyde, 50-49, to who definitely held their own. Uh, Concordia girls sitting at six and four on the season. Chapman girls, the opposite, struggling, but they're starting to play a little bit better after their two and seven start. They've won three of their last five. They lost, unfortunately, last night to Southeast of Saline, uh, forty-four to thirty-one. That's a good team. Uh, they had back-to-backs. They had three games in four days. That's not ideal at all. You don't want to be in a situation uh, where you have to, you know, play you know, multiple games in multiple days. Uh, but looking at the NCKL standings, we said Clay Center 3-2, and two, Marysville at 3-3 three and three in conference despite a losing overall record, Concordia 2-1, and one, Chapman 2-3 and three in conference, and Abilene at 0-5 over on the boys' portion. Abilene, two-game lead over Clay Center for the top spot at 5-0. and oh. The Cowboys are 12-2, and two, uh, so sitting pretty comfortably with three weeks to go in the season. Uh, the closest to Clay Center, Concordia 2-1, and one, Marysville 2-5, and five, but Abilene looking like they may have a good wrap right now on the boys' portion of the NCKL standings. When we come back, we sit down with Rock Creek boys coach Justin Smith and also dive into the Mid-East League standings. It's all coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. We're back, we're back, we're back. Time and place, Saturday morning. The location, News Radio KMAN. I shouldn't say location, the station, News Radio KMAN. Your host, AJ Shaw, with you. As we're back here on Scoreboard Saturday on this very rainy Saturday. Beautiful weather week, by the way, here in Manhattan. We had 60s almost every day. Pretty incredible, and uh, I certainly will take that, but we're going to get a lot of rain this week, apparently. 
But that's just how wintertime is in this area of the country, in this region. And uh, it wouldn't be the Flint Hills without crazy weather and weird temperatures. And Yeah. Anyways, we're back on Scoreboard Saturday. We dove into Manhattan High Girls, their valiant effort last night, and their three-point loss at Topeka Hayden. We dove a little bit into the NCKL standings as well as the Centennial League standings. In this segment, we'll dive into Mideast League. But first, we'll sit down with Justin Smith, the Rock Creek boys coach that uh, joins us here on the phone. And, uh, Coach, you start off with having to play back-to-back games. You had a game uh, last night at Riley County. Uh, the night before that, you had to go to Rossville to make that one up. How were you guys just able to respond so well having to play those two games? Well, and, and last night was a really physical, um, demanding game. I mean, Rossville's really good. We got a bunch of talented kids, and, and it, was, it was a good game. And it was tight all the way through, and um, it, it took a lot out of us. And it took us a little bit for us to get going, um, this, you know, this tonight. But uh, after the first quarter, we kind of got settled in and shot. Uh, it is better. And honestly, we've only played one home game the whole month of January. Um, so we played about 10 games on the road just in this month alone. So it's just one of the things that we've had to fight, to fight through that adversity, and the kids did a good job tonight. You, uh, you now have three weeks left in the season. You do now have a bit of a home stretch coming up to wrap up your season, which is going to be nice with four of your last five games. Uh, talk a little bit about the game tonight. Who really stood out to you, and uh, what was kind of the key to your guys' success? Yeah, tonight, uh, Brady Snyder really played well. I think he ended up with 18 or 20 and probably around 10 rebounds as well. Um, you know, I thought he did a great job being physical, and they have some big guys that can kind of give you problems. And um, they also played some zone stuff, and he did a good job in the middle of the zone just being active. And, uh, you know, I thought he did a really nice job. And, and some other guys like Gavin Rosa hit some shots, Peter Martini, uh, Coley Burgess has been good for us all year, uh, Dagan Mendeska, I like in really just team effort. The kids did a good job. You mentioned Dagan Vendusco, who's also on the football team. Uh, talk a little bit about two-sport athletes. How are they able to kind of translate their success on the football field over to the hardwood? Well, the biggest thing is the toughness aspect of it. You know, Dagan, Dagan's a tough kid. I mean, he works really hard. And, and really, I, that's the one thing about this team is, is we've had, you know, we have five seniors and you know, even the underclassmen are playing they're playing as well. Uh, you know, I one thing I talk about all the time is defense travels and you can always defend, you can always rebound it. And this team has really gone into that concept and just like the last few nights, our offense hasn't been great, but we've done enough just because we we've shown some toughness and we've been pretty good there. Your defense also was big again tonight. You held another opponent under 40 points. Uh, what kind of goes into your defense's success? Uh, the big thing that we discuss all the time is we, we're trying to take people away from the rim. Um, we want to make everybody in the jump shooters. Uh, and then we got to make sure that they shoot in our ball. Um, and so the kids have done a really good job. You know, and this is probably one of the better defensive groups I've had as a head coach. And, you know, we had stretches of night that we were lazy and we weren't very good. And, um, you know, once we got locked in, and, you know, last night and even last week at Wamigo when we held Wamigo to 32, I mean, the kids do a really good job when they buy in because we're pretty long and decently athletic. And, and when they really work at it and, and really play team defense, it's kind of hard to score against them. 
Coach, you're currently sitting at seven in the KBCA rankings. I know you're probably not focused on that, but just getting that state recognition, how does that feel for you as a coach and for your players? Uh, I think we brought to them, you know, not so much to me because we're just trying to take one game at a time. Um, but, you know, I, I think we've gotten – and it's taken us a while to get ranked, and I think we had to go to Burlington and, and win three tough games there, and, and I think that kind of got us recognized a little bit. And um, I think now, you know, we're not sneaking up on anybody. We're going to give people best shot. Uh, you know, kids feel good about that, And but the thing is we got to go one game at a time because – we have bigger goals than just being state ranked. Rock Creek Boys coach Justin Smith is our guest. Uh, you mentioned the Burlington tournament. I know it was a couple of weeks back, but how was that experience? I know you guys were able to come away with a tournament win. Congratulations on that first off. And, uh, you know, what was that experience like for your team? Was it kind of what would you say is like a team bonding experience for your guys to kind of grow chemistry? Yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, but we it was it's like a state type thing as well because we played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and you know mm-hmm. it was tough for us because we're we're driving back and forth every single day, um, so we're traveling two hours one way, uh, you know, three different times, um, you know, and we saw some different teams. We saw a Paola team that was really long and athletic. Uh, we saw a Burlington team that was really skilled, and then a Sebessa so team that was really physical and. You know, it was only lost, what, three games in two years. And so I thought our kids did a great job responding to that adversity, and, and they really came together and were really locked in. Um, and, you know, it's kind of springboard us from there. Yeah, you beat a great Sabetha team, too, by nine in the championship game. Uh, I mean, there, it was it was close games throughout. I mean, and that's a really tough tournament to win in. So to come out of it with a victory, like with as good a victory as you guys had in several of those games, had to be a big confidence boost as well. It was, and you know, in the Sebastian game, it was it was a dog fight. They played zone, and it, they had some big, strong, physical kids, and it was hard for us. And um, really, Coley Burgess got going in the fourth quarter. I think he had four threes just in the fourth alone. Uh, kind of got a lead, and then just kind of ghosted in from there, but. It was good to see different styles. It was good to see some different competition and really some really nice teams. I mean, I, the Beth is real good. Burlington's real good. And, and for us to go down there and win that when we haven't had a lot of success over the last couple of years, um, it was a big confidence boost for the Bulls. A couple more questions from me, Coach. Uh, as you look at these this, these last few weeks of the regular season, you guys do have a makeup game against Valley Heights on the 19th, so some of the craziness that you had. Uh, during January with having to schedule games around. Uh, which opponent do you look at as potentially the biggest challenge for your team? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, in the next, last, next six games that we have finished up season, I don't think there's an easy one left. Um, I, you know, our league's really good. I mean, and yes. I think people are starting to see that now since, you know, St. Mary's went up and won the Thunder Classic and also went and won the, the tournament they were in and uh, you know, Silver Lake ended up getting beaten overtime for third place and had Sebastian on the road for the semifinals. You know, our team league's tough. It really is. And, you know, we play everyone. Uh, we play everyone again. The, we played now with Bunch twice, and we played Riley twice. Um, so we'll have Silver Lake, Rossville, and St. Mary's at home coming up, uh, which will all be tough. And then we'll go on the road to Chapman, which will be tough as well. And then Marysville's been really good, and, and we'll have them on Tuesday. So um, every game we're going to have to go out there and compete, and, and you know, we're going to play some real solid teams. But, you know, that's what this time of the year is. You want to be playing your best basketball, and 
when you're playing those good teams, it's going to make you go out there and compete. And but I just know, my, you know, the boys are excited to play at home because it's been a while. Absolutely. Well, Coach, uh, it's been a pleasure to kind of get to follow what you guys have been doing this year, and uh, hopefully you guys can keep up the success the rest of the season. It was a pleasure talking with you, and uh, hopefully we can talk down the road later this season. That sounds great. I appreciate the coverage. Thank you. Rock Creek Boys coach Justin Smith joining us there here on Scoreboard Saturday. His team now 13-1 and following their 53-31 win last night over Riley County. Marysville is next for them on Tuesday followed by a Friday battle with St. Mary's. But as I mentioned there, you got four of your last six games at home. I mean, again, it's kind of that end of the season where you start to kind of stack up a lot of those home games, especially if you play a lot of road games in the beginning of the year. And, I mean, ideally, you like to have your last several games at home rather than have those games on the road. So uh, I think that is definitely something that Justin Smith's team has to be uh, happy about. Well, quite Dick – oh quickly dive in to the uh, Mid-East League standings. I was getting fumbled up with my words there. Uh, I mentioned on the girls' portion how great Silver Lake has been. They are just woo, incredible. 14-0 overall, 5-0 in Mid-East League play. Uh, they have Rossville behind them at 5-1. The top three is incredibly tight. Uh, Rossville's at 5-1. Wabunsi's at 4-1. Uh, they have lost four overall games, but they're 4-1 in conference uh, the Chargers out of Alma. Uh, let me pull up them really. Let me pull them up really quick here. Uh, they ended up actually losing to Rossville last night. It was their first uh, loss in conference. Ended up dropping that one, 65-42. I have this spreadsheet with all these scores on here, and there's a lot of them. So it takes me a second to pull some of these scores up really quick. But yeah, well, Buncey, uh ends up getting the uh, loss last night on the road, and that's a big one. Uh, they do have one more tilt with Rossville on the 13th, so 10 days from now, that could be a big game that ends up determining uh, conference supremacy. But the top of the Mid-East League for girls is pretty darn impressive. Uh, on the boys' side, it's a little more determined with Rock Creek at, uh, doing as well as they're doing unbeaten. Silver Lake comes in at second with a 3-3 three and three conference record. You got uh, St. Mary's, who is and 2-3, Rossville's 2-3, and three. And then Riley County and Wabunsee really kind of not much in the picture right now in conference play. Uh, 1-5 and five are Riley County boys. 0-5 oh are Wabunsee boys in conference play. That's the music. We have to take our final break here on Scoreboard Saturday. But when we come back, we'll dive into the new KBCA rankings. All coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. Final segment here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. Powered by the great folks over at WTC Communications, WTC. Keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network, internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game online at WTCKS.com. Final segment here on Scoreboard Saturday on this Saturday. As we will dive now into the newest KBCA rankings that came out uh, on Tuesday, wrote a little story on it for uh, K-Man. It's on our website. You want to check it out. It's from Thursday. Not a ton of changes in the rankings this week. Uh, the number one teams remaining the same. 
Uh, Shawnee Mission South at one for 6A girls. Andover at one for 5A girls. Bishop Miege, we mentioned that a little bit earlier. They're at one for 4A girls with Wamigo coming in at two. Silver Lake, uh, again, incredible team out of 3A. They're in one with Topeka Hayden, who uh, Manhattan girls had to play last night, uh, coming in at two. Rossville at three and 3A. Uh, and they're another very good team. I mean, you, the top two teams in uh, in uh, the Mideast League for the girls' portion are 1-3 and 3A. Riverside is at 1-2A, and you got in 1A Division One Little River, and in 1A Division Two you got Labo on the girls' portion. Now, for the boys, I clicked on the wrong one there. I mean, basically the same thing. Wichita Heights is at 1 May South is at 1 and 5A, McPherson at 1 and 4A, Beloit at 1 and 3A, Linden at 1 and 2A. Uh, you got uh, South Gray at 1 and 1A Division 1 and Northern Valley at 1 and 1A Division 2. Axel comes in at 2 and 1A Division 2. They stay put there. The biggest jump in 6A, Junction City made a, a decent bump up. Uh, they were at 9 last week. They bump up to 7. Olathe North and Olathe South now sitting 8-9 with uh, Blue Valley West coming in at 10. And, uh, I mean, we look at other ones here. You got, I mentioned to uh, Coach Smith in our interview, in, in 3A boys you got, um, or I apologize, 4A boys. You have Rock Creek at 7. I screwed that up there. I had a football football and was in my head there for a second because Rock Creek's 3A in football. They're coming in at 7 and 4A boys. I mean, they're behind a pretty good Abilene team at six, and we only talked about them a little bit earlier. They're twelve and two, and leading the NCKL by a pretty good margin. So, I mean, again, nothing too substantial here. Everything's kind of staying put. Do I expect major changes by the end of the season? I honestly don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Junction City boys do in six A. I mean, Wichita Heights in up top. You got Shawnee Mission Northwest at two. Blue Valley Northwest out Overland Park at three. I think we could see Junction City maybe bump into the top five. I wouldn't be surprised by that at any at any at any point. And you know, we dive over into you know, we dive over onto the girls' side of things. I mean, you got Washburn Rural's doing pretty good. They're at 8 and 6A girls. They could make a bump up. Derby currently sitting at 6 over there. The big question, I think, on the girls' side is, you know, who's going to be number one out of 4A girls? Bishop Miege is pretty darn good. But so's Wamigo. And, you know, Brian McIntosh's team, we spoke to him on the show last week. You know, only one loss for them, and, and their schedule looks pretty pretty winnable although they got a couple of tough ones I think in there but you know there's always on any given night you just never know with an opponent got Emporia who's doing just fantastic cleaning the Centennial League right now on the girls side they come in at fifth in 5A Andover leads at the top with Seaman at two Bishop Carroll at three and Mays South at four DeSoto at five or at six I apologize DeSoto at six St. Thomas Aquinas at seven Maybe Emporia makes a bounce up. And it'd be interesting to talk to their coach. We're going to try to see if we can get uh, Emporia girls coach on the uh, program at some point. Out of 3A, we mentioned Silver Lake, Topeka, Hayden, Rossville. Those are three very good teams at the top. Three very good teams. 
Uh, you got Clifton Clyde at six and one A Division one. Centralia comes in at three. Centralia girls are very talented, very deep, and very talented. Uh, but that top three of three A girls is a gauntlet. I think Silver Lake holds the edge because of their unbeaten record. I'm not going to make any predictions, but they could go unbeaten. It's Pika Hayden's a darn good team, but Manhattan gave them their own last night. And then you got a Rossville team who's very good. Very, very good. Nemaha Central, it's six in the 3A rankings. Very good team as well. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of... there's a lot of The picture's kind of starting to paint itself. Hold on just a second. Apologies for that. The picture's starting to kind of paint itself in the overall rankings and in the standings. Playoffs, I can't make that prediction yet. I just don't know, and they got to you know balance out who's going to play who. But you got some very good teams in these rankings, and I think Wamigo girls, it, it's going to be a dogfight to see who takes that top spot in four A. You know, I, I think Frankfurt girls, they're going to be definitely another team to keep an eye on. They come in at fifth this week in the division division one rankings. Uh, we tried to get Brian Ebert on the show, or Ebert on the show, and uh, we had some scheduling issues and just never had an opportunity. So uh, we'll try to get him on at some point, but we, we tried to get him on this week and had some problems. But we'll try to talk to him at some point this season, hopefully. I'd love to sit down and speak with him about how his team is playing. So Frankfurt, I mean, uh, Centralia is good. South Gray is good. I don't know a lot about Hudson out of St. John, and I don't know a ton about Little, Little River, but... Centralia is a good team, and Frankfurt's very good. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Let me pull up my little spreadsheet here uh, and check really quick to see when Frankfurt plays Centralia. I could have just gone to our website because we have the scores. By the way, if you're ever looking for scores for our area teams, uh, Manhattan, Wamigo, Junction City, uh, Frankfurt, Blue Valley, Randolph, or uh, Rock Creek or Riley County, you can go to our website, click on the high school tab, and uh, we'll give you the scores. We can also check the standings. I updated the standings this morning, uh, so you can check out the standings as well uh, for the Mideast League, Centennial League, and uh, uh, NCKL. Uh, but let me just dive really quickly to see where Frankfurt's at here. Frankfurt girls, when they'll play, they played Centralia last night, ironically enough, and uh, were losers to them 42-47. So yeah, bumping up in the rankings is going to be tough now. If they had won last night, they make a compelling argument to potentially move up uh, two spots in the rankings, but uh, they, they 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 got they got they got time. I I think you know regardless of where they finish, they're going to be pleased regardless of what they can do. Uh, their next contest with Centralia will be on. They don't have another contest with them. They won't play Centralia anymore. They got Axel on Monday, Troy, Onega, Washington County, and Lynn to wrap up. Uh, their schedule before Substate starts back up. Uh, they only play Centralia one time this season. All right, folks, uh, we have to get on out of here. The Kim Commando Show coming up next. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank Justin Smith again for sitting down with us, as well as Scott Mall and uh, Tony Ingram, who was filling in for Benji George. Uh, Manhattan High, of course, 3 of 5 next week. Uh, next game against Washburn will be at 7 o'clock on uh, News Radio KMAN. That's an online broadcast. So make sure to check out our website, newsradiokman.com. We got to go. 
Have a good one, everybody. Go Cats.